Okay. Now. Now we're going. All right. Matthew. So a Sunday afternoon study today. Yep. Sunday afternoon study in Because I was gone yesterday, so. Yep. So everything's late and messed up and the whole world is upside down because you were gone for one day. upside down. It was. That was true. It threw everything off. We didn't have a live. We didn't. Everything was gone. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, Matthew 13. Matthew chapter 13 in ESV. Mm-hmm. This is the one that I like better. I like ESV better. Although I know a lot of people are really enjoying the NLT, it looks like. It's a lot like easier it. to read for. Uh, the thing that I like about the NLT, uh, there's a lot that I don't like about it, but the thing that I do like about it is that it's probably the best, easy to read version that doesn't take away from the original context too much Mm -hmm. like the message like the message is just it it is ridiculous i mean it doesn't even go verse by verse it goes by paragraph yeah um i guess in some places it might but anyway uh still the nlt still kind of the the words are still pretty much the same they're just modernized which i don't know but anyway so I know a lot of people are enjoying that, but all the Sunday ones will be in ESV because that's the one that I study in, and I prefer this version. So that's why we'll just keep to the the two different ones because we do this one's just more a little bit in-depth study as opposed to our daily studies, which are with the kids and a little bit more quicker. But take a minute. And say a quick prayer before we start. And then, of course, if there's anything at all that we can do for you guys, make sure to come um, contact us. You can go to the website, APHomeChurch.com. I love how you're just staring at me, waiting for me to mess up, waiting for me to say something stupid. Like take a prayer? Yeah. And I did it. Because I was staring at spite. you. Yeah, but you're... I'm helping No, you. you look like Michael Jackson eating the popcorn waiting for me to mess up. That's what you look like. And it works, apparently. You're just staring at me waiting for me to fail. And I did it. Yeah. All right. I'm here to help you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Matthew 13, we left off at the end of uh, chapter 12 with... Uh, Mary and Jesus' brothers looking for him, looking to talk to him, trying to get his attention. And we left off with, here's my mother and brother and father. and mm-hmm. well, so Jesus being a smart aleck. Yeah, but he's, I mean, well, I mean, things aren't going so well for him in his hometown right now. He's starting to get rejected in his hometown. And by the end of this, uh, we'll see him completely be completely turned away um so that's where that's where actually 13 begins is actually on that same day so that's kind of good place to start verse one that same day jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach and before we go into verse three I find it really interesting to note that he starts uh, teaching in parables right after the the questioning of 
of him and and seeking a sign for his ministry and all these things like that um so he's like okay then i'm just gonna start teaching in a bunch of things that you don't understand and those who want to hear it will be able to hear it as it was prophesied for him to do yeah so nobody's catching on yeah i don't know how they didn't get that <laughs> yet but it's yeah well, and that makes sense, I think, to note, because it's not that just by coincidence, all of a sudden we have these, you know, recorded parables that he's speaking. Like, it was by precise, you know, design that he sure. is now doing that. Yeah, he's fine. You know, he can, the the questioning of his ministry and, and what's going on is beginning to kind of really get a big movement behind it and then he just starts teaching in parables that just people are like what mm-hmm. but then well i won't get ahead of myself we'll see but how the, re- the reception of the parables goes mm-hmm. all right so verse three mm-hmm. and he told them many things in parables saying the sower went out to sow and as he sowed some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples gave and said to him why do you speak to them in parables and he answered them to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven but to them it has not been given for to the one who has more will be given and he will have an abundance but from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away this is why I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear nor do they understand indeed in their case the prophecy of isaiah is fulfilled that says you will indeed hear but never understand and you will indeed see but never perceive for this people's heart has grown dull and with their ears they can barely hear and their eyes they have closed Least they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it and hear what you hear and did not hear it. Yeah that'd be pretty cool to be able to see and hear the messiah except for most people had no idea who it was mm-hmm. so i mean that's that's what and but that's the exact point that he's making he's like do you know how many people have prayed <laughs> do you know do you not know david would have given anything for this moment right here yeah so. and yet i'm doing it right here and, and yet i'm doing it right here and nothing what right? i'm doing Verse 18. 
Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. I don't want to over-explain and stop too much in here because you kind of need to read the rest of... We kind of need to read the, the rest of it to kind of get a whole... Uh, bigger picture for what Jesus is doing here the reason why he starts talking in parables and then where he ends up um, but where obviously this is kind of new the way that that he's talking because he's talking about the kingdom but yet he's talking about it in this way of something that's going to endure and something that's going to take some time and work and this is just kind of, you know, weird information to the audience at the time. They're not really sure what to do with all this. Although Jesus is sitting here explaining to them, like the the disciples' receptive hearts to his message is what led him to explain the, the parable of the sower to begin with. So you can see that there's, you know, there's some sort of, of um, you know, desire and interest there, but... At the same time, <clears throat> this message is kind of like blowing their minds, you know, because this is not what they're used to. So um, it goes on, uh, verse 24 here. He put another parable before them saying that the kingdom of heaven may be. I'm actually using a paper Bible now. Yeah, his computer is dead. Compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. Verse 25. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seeds in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go up and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. In the harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. He put another parable in front of them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is larger than all garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. It, in 
where he was obviously this area in Nazareth the uh, mustard plant and the mustard seed would have been the smallest seed in the area so no it's okay. not the smallest of all seeds isn't that like one of like the biggest ever, like that's what arguments. an argument is yeah. but, but in that particular area it definitely would have been um, the smallest you know seed for that type of plant but really what the point is that's blowing their mind is the fact of that he's comparing the kingdom of heaven to a mustard seed mm-hmm. which obviously smart starts out small and then grows to this huge giant plant so they're like but the kingdom of heaven is already this huge giant plant yeah what this Just is give us the big huge this, plant now so this, like right here it this they would have understood you know the mustard seed analogy along with the kingdom of heaven they would have been like what this is crazy again starting with the beatitudes everything he's saying is like right it's backwards compared to what everybody is expecting like which it's funny though because you can see when we go and and read in isaiah and different things like that you can see how you should have been expecting a little bit. <laughs> but again, that's More where it's like funny. It's... When you look at Old Testament prophecy, you practically get an image of two different messiahs. Yeah, you could. Because one's the suffering servant coming humble, appeared to have accomplished nothing, and then the other one's mighty and victorious. Well, yeah, it's the same one, just two different time periods. <laughs> but why wouldn't you just want mighty and victorious right right rome's taken over everything like you want your stuff to be back in line and you don't want to have to deal with this earthly stuff like i want mighty and victorious right now can we just skip all of that suffering servant stuff but that's not the message he was giving him yeah so like the ones that understood what he was saying was blowing their minds some people are like i can't i i don't have any idea what you're even saying right now guy because you're talking about mustard and god and i don't get it so we'll get to that verse 31 33 33 33 i knew that i was just seeing he told them another parable the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened And these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. This is what this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Just as weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
the un then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into the good into containers but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. So, like he asked them, Have you understood all these things? And they're like, Yeah, yeah, we get it. Which they, they did. They were starting to kind of grasp a little bit. But still, as we can see throughout going going through the rest of the story up until his crucifixion, they still didn't get the whole picture. They still were kind of confused. And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there. And coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogues so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do mighty works there because of their unbelief. So, yeah, they were saying, obviously, that since he had human roots and they knew who his mom was and his brothers, then how the heck could he be making these kind of claims? Um, that would just be ridiculous. Um, but right here is uh israel continues along with every other prophet that god has sent to israel to try to warn them of judgment or announce something to them and they reject him and ultimately kill him which like we see like i said every other prophet in the old testament just aligning himself with that well, and how often do we, um, the hardest people to really show when you have made a great change or you're doing something, you know, it's usually hardest to get your family and close friends to take you seriously, you know, mm -hmm. if you've always been known as, you know, 
that loser kid into, you know, drugs and bad habits and stuff like that, and then you completely flip your life upside down, get everything together, it's always those closest to you that are like, uh-huh, we'll see. I know you. I know how you are. <laughs> it's like, no, you might have known who I was, yeah. you know, but here he's coming in when he, Jesus is finally stepping out and, you know, starting his ministry and to get those closest to him to take him seriously, that's where he's finding the greatest opposition. You're right. In his hometown. All right, go into chapter 14. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus, and he said to his servants, This is John the Baptist. He has been raised from the dead. This is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. For Herod had seized John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because John had been saying to him, <clears throat> It is not lawful for you to have her. And though he wanted to put him to death, he feared the people because they held him to be a prophet. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before the company and pleased Herod, so that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me the head of John the Baptist here on a platter. Who asked for that? I guess in it, at the time she was, she's probably anywhere between like twelve and fourteen years old doing some. Are you serious? Yeah. I didn't realize she would have been that young. Yeah, she would have. I mean, I guess it shouldn't surprise me, but. Yeah, anywhere in between those, and it was obviously it was some sort of uh, sen- sensual. Which makes dance the age even more. That makes it even more creepy. Yeah, so little teenage girl asking for the John head of the a Baptist man on a platter. Head on a platter. After just doing a sensual dance for a yeah, this is getting you know, I have so many questions. <laughs> so many problems here. Alright. Verse nine. Uh, yeah, I guess just from that, I don't even know where to go from that. <laughs> There's that information for you. And the king was sorry, but because of his oaths and his guests, he commanded it to be given. He sent and had John beheaded in the prison, and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took the body and buried it, and they went and told Jesus, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. Can you imagine trying to, you're one of your best, you know, your your best friends on earth, cousin, just gets his head lopped off. And he just kind of wants to to be away for a little bit but as soon as he goes off and tries to be alone but when the crowds heard it they followed him on foot from the towns and when he went ashore he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and healed their sick now when it was even and so he went ahead and healed and had compassion during this time of that's how awesome of a character that Christ had. Verse 15. 
Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We only have five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied, and they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. That's a lot of people. That's amazing. So that's probably around ten, you know, probably around ten thousand people. You figure with kids and and women. That's a lot of people. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When the evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was long away from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Uh, it is I is the same verbiage there is used in Exodus in the burning bushes, the I am. Moses mm. asked, who should I who should I tell him to send me? And he says, I am. Yeah. It's the same verbiage there that Jesus uses is saying, I am. Mm-hmm. Take heart. The I, great I am. Yep. In verse 28. And Peter answered him, Lord, if, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Have you seen that painting where um, it looks like you're looking from up under the water? Oh, and yeah, that, that Jesus is, a really is cool looking painting. down, standing on the water. It's that Korean artist. And it's Jesus reaching down into the water to grab. I want like one of the large size mm. prints of that to hang up in the house. I think that's just the coolest. Yeah, it is pretty cool. It is pretty funny be... though of getting. I don't know how you could get scared after you saw Jesus walking on water. I mean, I guess it's possible, but. But look at us in life. Look how often we have no. We if we know God's got it and all these things. Look That's how often true. we yeah. look at the wind. We look at the rough seas around us and we get scared. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, God's got true. this. What are you doing? Getting all freaked out, but we do, right? It's just that human nature of, ah. What do we do? 
All right, verse 28. Right? Or 34. 34. Way off. Yep. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as, many as touched it were made well. We're just going to stop it here on 14 and just do it. This is a little bit shorter today than definitely what we would have liked. It has been a very long weekend. And I want to make sure. A long and, week. Yeah, it has been a really, really long week. And I want to be able to make sure and give plenty of uh, time and thought into all of these chapters, of course. But it, too, I just didn't want to. Um, I didn't want to fly through chapter fifteen. There's a lot in chapter fifteen that we could have just read to just put this at our time, and you know. But I think. Uh, 15 we can break down a little bit better so um, we'll we'll include that I guess in next week's and have it go a little bit longer than normal maybe maybe all right